Hello and welcome in to the DNVR Rockies post-game podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now you can use code DNVR at sign up and get some special offers like how a $5 bet gets you $150 in free bets when it you pick any winner in this year's NBA playoffs. Thanks for joining us. I am Susie Hunter, joined by Spencer Smith and Brendan Vogt. We are holding down the fort while Patrick Lyons is on the road for us. But guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Of course. Thank you for having us. We uh, love talking rocks. We're going to do it a lot today. Yeah. Love it. And the fun thing about this company, we're all close. We're all in the slack. We all sort of see different combinations of each other more or less, work with different combinations of each other more or less. Spence, good to be on a show with you, brother. Hey, good to be on a show with you. It's been a while since I was drunk on a Nuggets postgame. That's right. Yeah, those are legendary appearances. (laughs) No one is sauced today, though. No, No. (laughs) off the sauce. No, everyone's off the sauce today. Well, thank you guys, though, for being here, the ultimate utility players. Um, But yeah, this was a tough series in Arizona. Uh, This is the second series the Rockies have lost this season. You know, not bad, but this is one that we definitely would have liked to have won. Yeah, I think losing basically six of seven of their last seven or six of their last seven road games and how just helpless it looked in Philadelphia. And it was more of the same for three games in Arizona. It just felt they felt lifeless, especially offensively. Now you can flip that around and the pitching was great for most of, you know, basically, you know, three, two and a half games of the series. But the, the offense was struggling and it's just like you don't know what to say. Like, they had no chance. I mean, truth be told, you're looking at that series, in hindsight, kind of thrilled they even got one, you know, with the way that starting pitching was going for Arizona. Obviously, uh, it was some late magic to even get that one, but just thoroughly outpitched in this series. And uh, even though, you know, even if their own pitching was fine, just not enough offense as well. So, can't believe they got one. Uh, you know, the road is still still tough for the Rockies, but one's better than nothing. Yeah, that was definitely the story of the series was the Rockies faced some really solid starting pitching. Merrill Kelly was fantastic on Friday. Eight and two-thirds innings pitched, uh, seven hits, only one earned run, eight strikeouts. Then Saturday, we saw Zach Davies, six and one-third innings pitched, allowed three hits, no earned runs, six strikeouts. And then today, we're recording this on Sunday, we saw Zach Gallen. Five innings pitched, Dealing. five hits, no earned runs, seven strikeouts. Um, yeah, what did you guys think of the starting pitching we looked at this weekend? Uh, it definitely dominated the Rockies' offense, and I think you look at those strikeout numbers. So each starting pitcher averaged seven strikeouts. And today, C.J. Crone had a chance to give give them a lead. He had second and third, one out. you got to put a ball in play there, and he couldn't. And not, you know, they allowed four runs, but the game's always different when you score first. There's a different feel to it. Mm-hmm. And the Rockies had the chance to do that and put a put a run up on the board early. And stri- strikeouts have been a bit of an issue for the Rockies, especially on the road. Like, you just got... Good, thing hap- good things happen when you put the ball in play, and they're not doing that right now. Yeah, and they pick up five hits early, but no clusters, right? And a big part of that was the strikeouts and opportunities to just advance a rider runner put a productive at bat together coming up empty that at bat you mentioned for cj three straight looking right um gallon was insane today and so that's one total earned run off the starting yeah. pitchers like the rockies got in this series basically when you boil the series down they scored one run the very first inning of the first game then they didn't score again until the ninth inning of the second game 
and didn't score at all today. So you faced that type of firepower without your big bat, obviously, with Chris Bryant, who, who's still ailing. You know, thank God Freeland had his stuff and was able to keep him in it for some late magic because this was, this was just, they got outclassed in this series. It was a tough one. This was a tough one. You guys mentioned CJ Crone too, who also got hit by a pitch and looked so mad. He looked furious. Do <laughs> do men have RBF, but for men? Oh. Because <laughs> I feel like he's one of those guys. Resting hit by pitch face? Yeah. <laughs> HBP face. Perfect. But yeah, like I feel like CJ Crone's kind of like that anyways. Mm -hmm. And then when he got hit today, he was not thrilled. Especially 3-0. He's like, had some weird energy lately body language feels angry for a guy who's raking but uh yeah feels angry for a guy who's leading the national league in rbi <laughs> but that one today did feel like hey you can't throw a normal fourth ball on a 3-0 count yeah come on what yeah, are we doing drill here? me in the hip yeah so let's um uh, do you guys want to talk about it so we're recording this on mother's day obviously the rockies were shut out today and herman marquez did not look great today i think this is slowly becoming a trend which is scary Mm -hmm. It usually, like, Herman Marquez is one of those pitchers where over a, an entire season, I think I did the research last year, if you took out two of his starts where he got absolutely obliterated for, like, ten runs in two or three innings, he had, like, a sub-3-5 ERA. Mm -hmm. It ended up being in the fours because of those horrible starts, but normally you'll have really good games from him and then mostly consistent good games, and then you'll have a few where he just gets... This year it's it's been one good start against the Dodgers in that opening homestand and has not looked himself since, or the the Herman we saw last year and even the year before. Yeah, you're just hoping, you know, used to spurts of command issues from him and, and sort of down trends, hoping maybe he's just getting them all out of the way early. But today it was weird. It was a command issue, but it wasn't lifeless pitching. The velo was there on the fastball, got up to 97, 98 a couple of times. There, the movement was there on the knuckle curve, sat a couple guys down on some nice ones, even had some nice sliders but just wasn't sharp. Hung one slider, left some fastballs in some really hittable locations. How many guys did he walk today? Four, uh, I think. So kind of a weird combination where get seven strikeouts because he had his stuff. He just wasn't sharp, just didn't have that command and no room for error with the way Gallon was dealing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we um, Marquez's ERA is now 6.67. He gave up three earned runs today. Seven strikeouts, six hits, gave up three runs. Um, so that's definitely tough to see. Offense didn't help either. They were 0 for 4 with runners in scoring position today, which is kind of a theme of this season in general. Do you think, I'll ask both of you guys this, do you think this looks worse because of how good Gallon was? Because if you give me norm, you know, a normal Rockies game, you give me a pitcher that goes six, only allows three earned runs in six innings, it's usually a win for the Rockies. Mm. It, so is the offense just making this look making this feel worse for Marquez because looking at that stat line right there, seven strikeouts in six innings with only three earned runs, it, it that's not a bad that's not a horrible lot. Yeah. There, yeah. There's a world in which that keeps them in this game, right? Mm -hmm. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean the the lack of production with runners in scoring position is tough. Today was maybe a good example of just not being able to cluster the hits together, but also when you're facing really sharp starting pitching and you don't have your big bat you know, I mean, how nice would it would have be, been to see Chris Bryant up in these high leverage situations, but that's just sort of where they're at right now. Yeah, Chris Bryant, of course, 
continues to be out. He was eligible to come back for this season, and originally when he went on the IL, there was talk about having him ready for this Arizona series. That's not the case. He's going to stay in Arizona, keep working on his back. Um, as far as we know, he hasn't picked up a bat yet. He's been throwing, but hasn't picked up a bat. Are you guys concerned about Chris Bryant? I'm concerned about any athlete with a back injury. Hmm. I, I think it, they would know, the team would know and put it out there more with how baseball works in the IL and you get 10 days. I think they could put him on the long-term IL. The, sh- the sign that he's already throwing and, and hopefully hitting here in the next couple of days in Arizona is a good thing. Uh, you just never know with back injuries, but I'm sure you can speak to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you don't want to talk about backs, uh, but... <laughs> here we are. <laughs> You've My second appearance. that. <laughs> yeah, and it's not just the fear of catastrophic injury. It's just the type of thing that doesn't usually get better, unless you give it a lot of rest. It's a long baseball season. Obviously, these guys are using their backs a lot, so it's, you're just worried about that becoming a, uh, a lingering issue throughout the season. You know, I'm sure it'll come back eventually, but... This is a guy who's picked up his dings throughout his career. Really talented player, and really, if you look at one area that's held him back, it's just been it's just been staying healthy and staying on the field. So, uh, staying on the diamond, rather. Hopefully, they can they can get him back soon. Yeah, no one. Uh, the press all talked to Chris Bryant maybe about a week ago at this point. Uh, he kind of downplayed it, like you know, it's not that bad. Just want to get ahead of it, things like that. And it might not be, but it, and it might not be. Yeah, but then it also he mentioned, you know, we asked, have you ever had back pain like this? He's like, when I had growth spurts, like you know, yeah. years and years ago, maybe it's a growth spurt. He was kind of <laughs> joking around. It was funny. So like good spirits and stuff, of course. But it's like, oh maybe, um, oh actually, you know what? Speaking of, we have a Chris Bryant update. From Patrick Lyons, oh, who is on the road and just he's so on his game right now. So Chris Bryant is supposed to get a cortisone shot in his lower back on Monday, followed by a few days of rest and then some rehab games. So that is the latest. Thank you, Good. Patrick D. Lyons, for keeping us updated on Timely. everything that is going on with Chris Bryant. That's encouraging. Yeah. And again, not trying to spell some doomsday scenarios. You just never like hearing about backs, that stuff that can linger and, and be an issue. But fingers crossed and they need that big bat you know you need Mm -hmm. someone to come through in those opportunities obviously some guys have been hitting well to this point but that's why Chris is here yeah we did have some highlights this weekend I think maybe my favorite moment of this whole weekend was that ninth inning rally on Saturday totally unexpected uh what were you guys thinking when you saw that well they looked once again lifeless for about 26 outs and then uh decide uh I love Jonathan Daza Mm -hmm. that guy just seems to hit everywhere he goes you know he's he's a guy that you don't think about he's super good at defensively so you're like oh, his bat is a plus and I believe he's hitting something crazy like 455 at home he struggled a little bit out on the road hitting like I think it's two for nine on uh, on the road this year but a huge hit they came down to their last out and like vote was talking about they finally stacked hits there's only one ending mm-hmm. of the entire three game series but if you want to flip that around turn it into a silver lining there was one ending where they looked competent offensively and they went one and two oh and three and one and two when you're stacking series is a huge difference in a baseball season so i'm going to look at that as a good thing and that comeback as unexpected as it was i almost turned the game off to be honest and i was like nah It's only 20 more minutes, and they came back. You almost turned the game off. I almost did. I've learned my lesson of actually doing it, but I was tempted to. Yeah, Daz at 351 for the year, having a good year. He's uh, aesthetically, he's just such a baseball player. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Just the utility guy that just scrappy and easy to root for, fun to watch. And you're hoping for that leading inning magic again today. About four innings in, I thought to myself, 
I don't know if they're tagging Gallon. <laughs> I'm just hoping they can make him work and get back to that bullpen with enough time because it just seemed like he was so special. Uh, he had some special stuff today, but what a thrilling win, and you're glad to get one, especially when you reflect on the nature of this series. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. At least we got one. I'm glad you brought up, brought up Jonathan Daza because we heard a story on the broadcast today on AT&T mm. Sportsnet about Jonathan Daza's baseball origin story, and I had not heard this story before. Um, but apparently it, it, he has his – we're recording this on Mother's Day, by the way, if you're listening to the podcast on Monday. But uh, Jonathan Daza has his mother to thank for getting into baseball. Um, so I didn't know this his background but when he was a kid his older brother was shot in Venezuela so as a way to distract him and kind of keep him busy his mom got him on a baseball team and no one else in his family has ever played baseball so it's kind of wild to think that now he's playing in the major leagues yeah it's a it's a cool thing when you're uh, obviously a very unfortunate situation for him but a cool thing when your parents kind of lead you on a path that ends up being your career and now I'm sure he's repaying his mom with you know his major league contract she's probably got a house and he's probably taking care of her now mm -hmm. so she's probably pretty right. happy she got him into baseball yeah, yeah he's a major leaguer <laughs> first guy to play in his family and and he made it all the way to the top so that's an awesome story you know obviously tragic but but the way he rebounded and that sport at its best that's just what it can do for you uh, it can change lives. It can be a beautiful way to sort of commit your energy and focus as a youngster. And th that was that was a crazy story. I did not know that either. Yeah. Um, and also speak uh, another really cool, happy milestone for a player that has some feel good stories too. Jose Iglesias played his 1000th game on Saturday, who I think has just been such a treat to have on the Rockies this season so far. I love this dude. Like, it's always hard when a guy that I will not name uh, wants out of Denver and leaves and goes to a different team that's supposed to be winning and is not winning and he's not hitting and he's getting Taylor Fable, he's getting right? booed off off of the uh, the historic field that he plays on now. Um, but no, Jose Iglesias is just a guy you can plug into a roster like this because if you look around the Rockies roster, the guys they added this year, Bryant and Iglesias, um, you know CJ Crone's been here a couple years, but the Rockies roster is fairly young. And having a guy like Iglesias, you know, the Miguel Cabrera thing, he went over and congratulated him. Like, just been around the league a long time and is a veteran leader. And you need to sprinkle those in with having young talent like the Rockies have. Mm -hmm. Two for three today, up over 300. It's been fun to watch. Been, a, you know, been a good part of the good start for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So anything else we can say about Arizona? I know you got we've all been to Arizona. We all have Arizona stories. Um, vote. I know you have one that you said was relevant. OK, so it starts relevant for sure. I went on a, a baseball road trip when I graduated college with my friends. Um, that's a humble brag, by the way, about my college degree. <laughs> it was in television and radio, if anyone's curious. <laughs> but we drove around the country coast to coast and we saw I think it was 16 different games in 16 different parks in you know about across a month anyway we were going to see the diamondbacks uh and uh i think it got rained out or something last 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 second we decided not to go to that game and we went to the grand canyon instead and we decided to disperse camp which you're not supposed to do and we could not find any camping grounds and we woke up in the morning to a park ranger screaming at us and i unzip the tent. I was like, what's going on, man? He's like, A, you're not allowed to do this. B, please stand up, get outside of your tent, look to your right, and I'll show you why. And I did that, and we were 
a hundred yards from a herd of buffalo or is it buffalo bison i don't know what do you guys have in colorado uh, uh fact check me chat i think it's, yeah. i think <laughs> someone it's buffalo. fact check him <laughs> but i saw my first herd of uh wild buffalo or bison and it was terrifying in it so yeah don't do that that's what i learned the moral of that story i'm getting is don't skip baseball games that's actually correct should have just gone to that game yeah. yeah, exactly. If you guys would have went to the game, you would have never had to worry about the bison or buffalo. We're like, that, what's the worst that could happen? And which is like, funny. Oh. That story kind of brings up a story buffalo related. I went to Yellowstone and my brother and I were doing a, just like having a race. Like we were probably seven or eight years old. We were just racing down the road. My mom was at the cabin, whatever. And we, Mitchell keeps running. and He's about 50 feet from me. And I look behind him. He's like, dude, I beat you. Like, he's rubbing it in my face, whatever. And behind him, no joke, 15 feet from a full-size buffalo. Terrifying. I, I had nightmares about that for yeah, years. Yeah, they're huge. I thought that, like, like, you know, you replay that situation in your head because he slowly, like, walked away from it. Didn't Nothing happened. But I had nightmares about that for years. I've never encountered a buffalo before, and I'm not planning on it. <laughs> they're terrifying. You know what else I didn't know about Arizona? How effing cold it gets at night in the summer. Yeah, it was like it was it's a, a desert. Yeah, you'd think it's that should be obvious. You, but don't I'm le- you didn't learn that in communication school? I'm not school? super smart, Susie. You'll come <laughs> to learn that about me. But it was like 100 degrees in the day, and uh, it was like 30 at night. Terrible. Not fun. Not I did fun. make it to Chase Field once. Mm-hmm. Um, I went for, I believe it was October of 2017, the uh, ri- wild card round, Rockies Diamondbacks. Of course, Greg Holland gave up a few runs there. But I will say that game, uh, the electricity for the Rockies having ha- having not made the playoffs for a while. Just going, we flew down to Chase Field or we flew down to uh, Phoenix the morning of. Mm-hmm. Did not even stay the night there. We flew down the morning of. We went that to snooze. Around. Yeah, we went to snooze. Got breakfast. <laughs> went to the game. Got drunk. And got back to the airport and flew home at midnight. So we didn't even stay a night there. Um, but the game was electric other than the Rockies losing. Like, just the atmosphere of, like, a playoff game when it's, like, one, you know, this team's moving on or you're, you're moving on or going home. Um, much like a game seven in any other series or these, you know, these wild card games in, in the MLB are so electric. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't turn out their way. But I believe Rymel Tapia homered in that game. Trevor Story homered in that game. J- uh, Goldschmidt homered off John Gray in the first inning. Not as fun, but just... An 11-8 to eight finish was an exciting baseball game to be mm. at. Oh, that sounds awesome. It was fun. It was really fun. I'm glad that we've all been to Chase Field. I also made it there last year on my major league road trip. Yeah, yours was more impressive. Than oh. I am way below like the level of these major league road trips. Like It's like you up here, Susie up here, and I'm just like... We can just go on one. I it's the off season for me. I would love that. We yeah, you guys can Adam, do yeah. that. <laughs> we can just start going. I bet Allie would pay for it. <laughs> Allie's producing us, by the way. So shout out, hello, shout out. Allie. Happy Mother's Day, Allie. Yeah. <laughs> She's, She's like, no. She's not about that. But happy, happy Mother's Day to all those mothers out there. My mom, special person. All the other moms out there. Thank you for what you do. Happy Mother's Day to Spencer's mom as well for me. Um, yeah. Also to Spencer's mom. I mean, happy birthday to happy birthday. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> happy, happy birthday, Mother's Allie. Day. I have a problem where I, if someone, I did this all my birthday, but like anytime someone wished me a happy birthday this year, I was like, happy birthday. And everyone's like, Susie, are you okay? (laughs) Happy Mother's Day. Oh, that reminds me. Happy birthday to Allie as well. (laughs) No, it's. (laughs) This will never die. It's not Gemini season yet. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, So, you know, after we've gotten over this, 
series at Arizona. Now we have a nice, easy series to look forward to in San Francisco. Um, how are you guys feeling heading into this next, these next three games? Well, San Francisco is not a place that's treated the Rockies well in the past. But I feel like sometimes when you start getting down on the Rockies, they like when you get into that mode where you're like, oh, like right now it feels like they can't score to save their lives. And maybe tomorrow against Carlos Rodon, they show up. I will I will say, um, I don't know if it's the if I can just say this right now, but we do a DraftKings pick of the week, and my pick relates to the Rockies game tomorrow. Um, tomorrow the Rockies play in San Francisco. And uh, looking at the line on the DraftKings Sportsbook, it is the over-under of the game is six and a half. Super low, right? We know what the Rockies have done lately. Austin Gomber's on the mound for them. Rodon's ERA right now at this year is 1.55. Austin Gomber in his last three starts, just a shade under two. I love the under tomorrow. I know it's not fun to bet unders because you don't get to see a lot of runs, but let's face it, it is what it is. Uh, it's in San Francisco at, is it eight? It's not AT&T Park. What is it called now? Oracle. Oracle. Mm-hmm. Oracle Park. I'm always going to call it AT&T. It's, uh, it's a tough place to play. It's a tough place to hit. A great place for pitchers. So uh, take the Rockies, uh, Giants, under 6.5, even money, plus 100 tomorrow. My DraftKings pick of the week. Spencer, true gambler. Not a super fun <laughs> pick of the week when I you're know, taking the under. But I know. I'll tell you what, Spencer. Let's look at the middle of the order, order here for, for Colorado today. Uh, two left on base, two left on base, two left on base, three left on base. So, uh, yeah, maybe a trendy pick with the yeah, under. Yeah, the right Rockies now. can still win 2-1. to one. Yeah, or three to two even, Just or as four long to as two. No one scores. We're Just as long as there's not seven runs in the game. And you know, tomorrow we have um, Austin Gomber pitching, who has been delightful this season. And whether or not the, the Rockies win or lose, you can win. Uh, just get some skin in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Right now, they want you to know the NBA playoff action is nonstop, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Once you know, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If you are looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs, with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets. Which team will win? Total threes made? Total rebounds? Yeah, you get the idea. Boom. You've got a shot at an even bigger payout with the more legs you add. Right now, all customers can place a Same Game Parlay with three more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Well said. Hey, thanks. Well said. Not my first rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> Not your first rodeo. Um, all right. So, yeah, looking forward to this series in San Francisco. Um, yeah. So Austin Gomber is pitching tomorrow um, two for two, a three point five eight ERA. But he will be fa- he will be up against left handed pitcher Carlos Rodon, who's three and one with a one point five five ERA. Oh, more great starting pitching. <laughs> more great starting pitching for us to see. Um, but Austin Gomber has been a, I feel like a little bit of a surprise for some people this season. What do you guys think? I think looking at the Rockies rotation, the two guys we had the highest hopes for coming into this year, uh, opening day starter and Herman Marquez, like 
they I've been more excited for the bottom of the, the back end, if you mm. will, of this mm-hmm. rotation. Chad Cool has been killing it. We'll talk a little bit about him in a bit. But Chad Cool's been great. Senzatella's been great. And Gomber, especially his last three starts, really striking out a lot of people. And I think against this San Francisco lineup that's, I mean, it's not, it's never really stacked. Like, even though the Giants are always, like, good, they're, it, they do it off of their pitching. So, I love Gom. I, I love watching Gomber pitch, mm-hmm. that his curveball, especially when he gets out of Colorado, you know, the curveball, we know it doesn't break as much at altitude. When he gets on the road, that curveball is lethal. Safe to call him a, a pleasant surprise in general since the trade. Is that fair, do you think? Oh, absolutely. I, I think he was the quote-unquote, uh, major league ready prize of the trade. Right. Uh, of course, we got guys like Montero coming up and playing a little bit here and there, and guys in the farm system. But yeah, Gomber. Basically, everybody's like, "Oh, they traded NA for a bunch of prospects and a, a mediocre starting pitcher." And Gomber's been better than mediocre, especially for mm-hmm. the Rockies. If he wouldn't have got hurt last year, I he would have been close to probably ten wins. And as a fifth starter, he, I guess he's moved up to four this year. If you're looking at it with Chad Cool being the fifth starter, he's been a great, uh, you know, looking at these three Rockies pitchers in this uh, this series here in Saint, uh, San Francisco, all ERAs under four, and Chad Cool's under two. So we, yeah. you will take that as the the Rockies are a hit first, hopefully pitch second, and if you have starting pitchers with ERAs in the threes, you're you're going to win more games than you haven't, which the Rockies have done this year. And Gomber trending in the right direction. You know, those first two starts didn't go as planned, but quality starts i think the last three so yeah been good to see he's he's obviously i'm a cardinals fan won't talk about that too much on the oh, show wow. don't think plenty of people want to hear information it's terrible me. it's i know it's the last thing that people want to hear but i i only <laughs> say that to say i've been pleasantly surprised i didn't know austin gomber was this good yeah all right so looking forward to tuesday um antonio Senzatella will be pitching uh, i think you might have mentioned 3.75 ERA. He'll be up against Alex Wood, who has a 4.38 ERA. Um, and then Wednesday, we will see Chad Cool in the ERA under two. He's at 1.82. And he'll be up against Alex Cobb, who's one and one with a 4.8 ERA. Um, what do you think overall we're going to see in this series? Um, do you think how do you think the Rockies are taking anything? <laughs> what? How are we feeling? I unfortunately think this series looks a lot like the one they just played other than the fact that I think the Rockies steal two of three I think Chad I think the Rockies beat Alex Cobb tomorrow's kind of a toss-up to me um and Alex Wood is one of those guys where like watching him pitch makes me feel like woozy his wind up and his delivery is just so unorthodox hasn't had the greatest start to this year of course we all knew him as a dodger for a long time now pitching in san francisco i think it looks a lot like these games but hopefully with more runs in the rockies favor but i don't think we see a ton of runs the next three games i don't think there's an offensive explosion waiting to happen with the three pitchers they're throwing out there combined with the fact that the games are at oracle park yeah i'm a little worried i think it might look similar as well i'd be happy if they get one um it just kind of right now the bats just seem to be drying up and there are some guys who are off to nice starts that seem to be maybe trending down a little bit you know or uh like cj's been out of his mind and i think maybe wouldn't be surprised to see him return to earth a little bit you know we saw connor joe come back down to earth a little so they're going to need to do better with runners in scoring position. The starting pitching is not going to be perfect for them. You know, they won't win a lot of games, one nothing, 2 nothing. So I think these bats are going to need to wake up. Uh, I think this could be another tough one on the road. 
How many home runs do you think we see going into McCovey Cove? How many kayakers are ca catching What's, home runs? What should we set the over-under for this series? <laughs> the series, I'd say over-under one and a half. That's what I was going to say. Combined teams, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say over-under one and a half. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under, too. Not think, to be a bandwagoner. Yeah, I think I'm going to go under because you're looking at it like... Boston Gomber's a lefty. It, it's no, mo, normally lefties that are hitting it out at Mc, into McCovey Cove. If you're a righty and you hit it out there, you're a special, special talent. Um, and with a lot of left-handed pitchers, both, especially for, uh, for the Rockies, going against two lefties to start, guys like McMahon and, and bigger lefties are going to struggle a little bit more against a left-handed pitcher. That's just kind of how it is. They, mm -hmm. uh, they tend to they tend to struggle against lefties, do well against righties. But I'm going to say I think one. In, I'm gonna take the over just to be different. Just fun. to be I'm just different. gonna switch it up on just you. Just to be fun. Yeah, just to be a, just I to like be a it. fun just guy. Just keep it fresh. Exactly. I love it. Um, so uh, I think uh, speaking of you know home runs, um, uh, I'm gonna mention some things that have been happening in Triple A this weekend. Um, Alan Trejo, who was just set down, who I'm missing dearly after I hear this news, hit a grand slam for the Isotopes on Saturday. And then Montero hit an absolute bomb on Sunday. 416 feet, came off the bat at 109 miles per hour. So that's what we're missing out on with guys we just sent down. Alan Trejo hit a home run at the game I was at, I, I think I want to say two a week and a half, two weeks ago at mm -hmm. Coors Field. That was an absolute bomb. I didn't know he had it in him. Trejo, to me, just when you look at him, you're like, oh, he's just your typical backup shortstop like utility infielder that has a really good glove and hits like 220 and the it's kind of like a Garrett Hampson but we all know Garrett Hampson has pop too mm -hmm. a guy that you don't expect to have a ton of pop and clearly I mean he's hitting home runs at the major league level now he's hitting grand slams down in the minors uh maybe it's just a matter of time before he's back up I don't want to call out Brendan Rodgers but there's only you can only go on so long hitting in the you know under 200 before you you, you just need a reset and if guys like Trejo are going to play second base, um, find a guy that's that you know maybe McMahon goes there, Bryant goes to third. If Connor Joe's playing well, there's a lot of things the Rockies can do. They have a lot of versatility, but Brendan Rodgers can't. There's only so long that you can keep playing him if he's going to hit under two hundred. You bring up Brendan Rodgers. I was on the show for the first time on Thursday, and I called his big game the feel good part of the game mm -hmm. element. It's going to go the other direction right now. Since then. Going back down to earth a little bit. He had one today, too, that he, to right center field, almost warning track. Kind of the exact same spot that he went yard in that game when I was last on the show. Just didn't get all of it. You're really hoping to see this guy, you know, continue that little, not heater, but trending in the right direction that he was. I think everyone wants to see him succeed. Uh, it's just not all coming together right now. Yeah, it's just get him, get him back to Coors Field. <laughs> Yeah, just get, get the Rockies course. back to Coors. It's coming up this weekend, but that's yeah. that's always a good little boost after a, ro a tough road series, especially against tough pitching. Yeah, um, some other transactions that the Rockies have announced: uh, Lucas Gilbreth coming back from Triple A, um, and right-handed pitcher Justin Lawrence will be optioned back down to Albuquerque. Um, so a little little switcheroo. What do you guys think about Lucas Gilbreth coming back? And Justin Lawrence going down. I'm not happy about the Lawrence part. Uh, Lawrence probably has some of the best stuff in that bullpen. Uh, and he's just fun to watch. Got the long flowing hair. He's kind of goofy on the mound, goofy with his mechanics. Um, disgusting slider. He got featured on Pitching Ninja, yeah. which uh, when you get a, a pitch on there, you know it was really good. Kyle Freeland also got one mm -hmm. uh, this past week. But 
uh, they, they needed a lefty in the pen. We have uh, uh, Ty Block, but other but Ty Block's kind of that guy that's like the emergency starter almost. If your starter you know is going two or three innings and already thrown 60, 70 pitches, Block is more that guy versus the guy that's coming in to face lefties late in the game, and that's kind of what Gil- they hope Gilbreth is. He hasn't been great this year. Hopefully a little stint down in AAA or – and he can come back up and be that kind of late-ending lefty. Yeah, the block parties have not been popping off this year. <laughs> <laughs> they they have not. No block parties. Um, yeah, so a lot to look forward to coming up in this uh, series. But I know it's been a busy week in baseball news so far. Um, some interesting ump shows, especially uh, the one of note with uh, Madison Bumgarner and Dan Bellino, who has since issued an apology for his weird hand check. What did you guys think of this this whole ordeal? I mean, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. He was clearly baiting him for some kind of reaction from the jump. I don't know, like, whatever was said or wasn't prior to that, you know, but that was bizarre. That was one of the weirdest clips I've ever seen. Yeah, sometimes this whole thing with checking their hands and checking their gloves now, just another thing the umps have to do. And when you give people too much power, sometimes they like to use that for for their own benefit and i feel like that's kind of what's happened like what definitely what happened there like bum garners maybe showing showing a ump up a little bit and then th- things like this happen like when the ump feels like he's getting showed up he can flip that around very easily and we kind of saw something like that it's we, yeah just a very weird situation we saw a weird ump show today i mean in the end it wasn't super consequential but the first couple of innings both teams i thought were like what is the strike zone <laughs> what is some some really inconsistent stuff on the outer part of the plate and everyone knows at this point like the strike the strike zone doesn't need to be the strike zone you see on tv the players just need to know what your strike zone is and the first couple innings today was was a great example of does anyone know and i and i thought that kind of affected look the rockies bats were just dead today and, and that's why they lost but some of those hits they put together early in the game there were crucial at-bats where I thought guys were still trying to figure out what to swing at and when because there was so such little consistency. Yeah, and I think, like like you just touched on, consistency is the key. Yep. I don't necessarily mind if an ump has a bad strike zone if it's consistently bad because the players know, the pitchers know, but when you're, you're talking about calling... I see it a lot, and maybe it's just because I'm a you know a diehard Rockies fan, and sometimes, and I always feel like the my team is getting screwed when they're losing sure. or just in general. But like you'll see a pitch on the outside corner, just off the plate, according to the you know the Subaru strike zone or whatever that the strike zone is sponsored by <laughs> the this Subaru year. Subaru strike zone, um, but is you'll, it still the Subaru. Strike I don't know. Zone? I just remember it's said a million times it's when you watch a broadcast. It's very burdened to my yes, head too. Yeah, exactly. But if 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 your pitcher's not getting that call, and then you go up the next inning, and their pitcher gets that exact pitch called, that's what drives me nuts. So I think consistency is key. Um, there's been talk, you know, the talk of robo umps. I. I can go both ways on it. I, I think it is somewhat of an element of the human, or the human element, I should say, in baseball, and I do like it. But I think as long as a, an ump is consistent with a strike zone, maybe a lower strike zone, maybe a higher strike zone, maybe more on one side of the plate or the other, depending upon how they see the pitches, I think it's mostly fine as long as both teams are getting the call in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to talk about robo-umps. Vote, is it time? I, I have this weird kind of reaction that I think a lot of people do that I can't really put my finger on for whatever reason I prefer that we didn't have to 
you know? Yeah. I, that's something about the idea to me is just something I'm reluctant to latch on to. But I also get it. I also get it. I mean, there are, in every league, these unions are really strong, you know? And, and these guys, there's just not a ton of accountability for bad officiating, referee, refereeing, umpiring. And without that, I, I think I think we've seen some unfortunate variance in strike zones in baseball over the years. I think there are a few guys that are kind of tenured into the jobs that they have mm -hmm. and how poorly they call games game to game doesn't really seem to matter. So I get it. I get why people want to move in that direction. For whatever reason, I just love the random nature of baseball, the human element nature of baseball, how different things can be game to game, even if you had the same two pitchers on the mound. So I'm I'm resistant to it, mm -hmm. but I I don't I don't know if I'm right. I can't show you logically why I'm resistant. I just am. So you like the chaotic factor that the human element could bring to it. Yeah, I just I would something I would just feel weird if we introduced robots to a sport. But I, maybe we need to. Like I recognize that that's just more of a feeling than it is. Are you afraid of take. the robot revolution? That's it. I think that's <laughs> what it is. I think I'm terrified of of just that. Yeah, I, I like you said, I would prefer we didn't have to. And I was actually listening to a podcast with Joe West on it and talking about how well umps actually call games. Like they have like a 90 or 95 percent quote unquote success rate in calling strikes and balls. And I think most of the time they do get the calls correct. I mean, obviously, if they're if they're that bad, guys like Angel Hernandez, um, it's it's very apparent. And maybe something needs to be put into account where like you they get audited, if you will, like on balls and strikes. And if, and if they're just not doing a good job, Hey, like that guy just maybe umps third base for the next, the whole next sure. series, you know, sure. something of that nature. I think I'm really staunch in all sports of just getting the call right. But with baseball and there being hundreds of pitches thrown every game, every little thing doesn't matter as much as like a, in football, you want to make sure you're inbounds or out of bounds. I don't care if there's 17 challenges in a football game, if the call changes or getting the calls right, I think strikes and balls in baseball is a little too minute to be uber strict with it. Like comes around and goes around too, it, right? Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I think calls in baseball like a safer out call should always be reviewed up in the booth by somebody. Or, you know, was a ball fair or foul? Like we had a ton of balls yesterday's game that were right on the line. Like it just felt like every ball was right on the line. Those calls need to be right because those are game-changing calls. Mm -hmm. Sometimes strikes can be game-changing calls and maybe there's a, a way they can find in high leverage situations where this can be used. But I think being perfect from strike one or ball one to the end of the game is a little, it's a little over the top in my opinion. Were you listening to Joe West's podcast or a podcast he was no, on? No, a podcast he was on. I, I was going to say, what's the name of that podcast? Yeah, Joe West does have a podcast, though. He does. That's, yeah. his, that's his chapter two. I was not listening to that, but I, he was on a podcast where he was talking about basically, you know, umpiring and what it's like to be an umpire and how they, you know, they never want to believe in their heart that they're wrong because they, that otherwise you just are failing. There was a lot of, a lot of insight to it, but I, I think they're correct a lot more than we anticipate but when you see a few calls that are wrong those stick out more in your mind than the hundred strikes he called correctly over a game yeah it, that's like a psychology thing you know you don't notice the things true. that they're going to get right it's you're true. only going to notice the things that they got wrong and that ruined your day but which we've seen happen a few times this season i do think the consistency on the strike zones is really important especially because pitchers are just getting better and better and i <laughs> 
just in terms of velocity, who you're facing on any given Tuesday out of the bullpen. I just think at a certain point, hitters are going to need to know. Like, the, the guessing game of do I swing at this or not uh, is hard enough as it is. So you just want to see the consistency. But it's a good point that I mean, it's just such a hard job, and it's a thankless job. And we're going to sit here and think you did a poor job 9 out of 10 times, even if we're wrong. Exactly. All right, 9 out of 10 times. No, that's not right. 10 out of 10 times. I enjoy Ripple, which is a fast-acting, dissolvable, clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy. Ripple starts absorbing within 10 minutes, so you can depend on a consistent experience every time. With Ripple dissolvables, you can make almost anything edible. Flavorless dissolvable, dissolvable powders. Uh, works better with liquids, though, than solid. Like, I doesn't make baseballs edible. Can't no, eat, you can't okay. Eat, you can't put Ripple on your baseball, but you can you can, you can put it in try. your drinks. Yeah, uh, Ripple Quick Sticks are the most convenient way to get the fastest THC. Just pour it right on your tongue. You don't even need a vehicle for that stuff. Just pour it right on. Uh, where do you find Ripple? At Colorado's premier dispensary, Lightshade. Where do you find Lightshade? Well, there's 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations, including the Barnum location, which is now open. It's their biggest store. It has their biggest selection of products. And here's the best part. We're not just telling you this for fun. We're telling you this because we've got a code. Podcast listeners can get 25% off non-sale items with code DNVR. That is a quarter off your order. And it's not one time. It's not two times, Spencer. It's every single time that you go into Lightshade. Every time. Put your product on the counter. You scream DNVR as loud as you can. They say, please relax. <laughs> Here's your weed, 25% off. Or Ripple, whatever you're getting. And sometimes whether you've had Ripple or Flower or really anything from Lightshade, you want to get your hands on some pizza. And I recommend Sexy Pizza. What is Sexy Pizza, you ask? Well, with 13 years in the Denver community, Sexy Pizza is as local as it gets, baby. Hand-tossed deck oven pizza made from scratch each morning dough. Choose your own adventure with their wide range of toppings or try one of their signature philanthro pies. That's super fun to say, and it's also a super good thing because a portion of every sale from those five specialty pies is donated to a range of different nonprofits right here in your beloved Colorado. Are you looking to have Sexy Pizza support your organization or event? Go to www.sexy.pizza, check out their about page for the donations link, and see how Sexy Pizza can support your cause. Sexy Pizza. They're our friends. They should be your friends, too. I gotta say, it's such a delight having you guys with me today because you guys have brought such a, a different flair to the ad reads. Oh. So this is really fun for me. Well, I'm actually excited to just build a new reputation from scratch with ad reads. I get made fun <laughs> of on my show a lot because I'm really bad at them. But I'm trying to bring like a new polished approach to this round. That was spot. extremely polished. The Thanks, only man. thing that was interesting is when you're talking about Ripple and talking about not making a baseball edible. When I take Ripple or any products of the sort, everything appears edible. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> In fact, it should be a disclaimer that it does not make everything. Eat, eat at your own discretion. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to get a suit or something. But that's it. We're done with ad reads. How good about that? Good for the brand, though. Um, all right. So speaking of bringing individual flair to, or some different flair to the show, I want to bring in a game that vote does all the time called the stonk report. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought this was fun when he told me about it. So basically I'm going to list some Rockies players um, and we're going to decide if their stock is on the ups or it's going down. So you guys excited? Yeah. Let's, let's check some stonks, Spence. Let's I love check stonks. some stonks. You've done this before, probably. I have, and I've seen I've seen them do it. I love I love the stonk report. All right, and we even have props too. 
This is really, we should actually explain this to the people at home because it gets complicated. If we think their stonks are up, you're going to see the up arrow. (laughs) But hang on. The second part, and this is where you take notes. If we think the stonks are down, (laughs) you you show the down arrow. Do you get that, Spence? I think I got it, yeah. We're ready. And there's the graphic, which is the most important part. (laughs) Yes. That is a cursed image. That is, I wish I'd, I've had some nightmares lately and that's probably going to give me really (laughs) bad ones. All right. So uh, we're going to start off with Mr. Chris Bryant. Is his stock going up or is it going down? Oh man, (laughs) this is a tough one to start with. (laughs) I'm I'm going to go here. I'm going to say that this report that Susie read. Oh, it's a good answer. him, Him about to go to rehab games. I, I think any any time he's on the field, his his stonks got to be up, and we haven't seen him for a while, so I think his stonks are up on on the KB. You, dude, you told me you were gonna silver lining this pod. You're crushing it. See, uh, I, that's, I, a, that's an A plus silver lining. Absolutely. Right there. Yeah, I was I'm gonna all say about that. down because he's off the field, but you guys are right. Latest news says he's headed in the right direction. I mean, I'm concerned, of course, but right now I think there's nowhere for him to go but up. Yeah. Knock on wood. <laughs> Let's hope. All right. Um, so our next, our next report, Brendan Rogers, who, by the way, I think bears resemblance to Spencer. We've been I, talking about this today. I that see was a an amazing compliment. He's Brendan Rogers is a man let us know rocket. If you agree in the chat. He lo- he looks like he would be really good at baseball. So yeah, let us know in the chat. But also, yeah, you've got like long hair. He's got long hair. I'm seeing similarities. I love that. But anyway, as a baseball player, how are we feeling about Brendan Rodgers? <gasps> oh, my gosh. Well, anyone who listens know that I am on the Brendan Rodgers train. I think he's going to pop off in the month of May. Guys, where, where do we disagree here? Brendan Rodgers away from Coors. Brendan Rodgers at Coors. Yeah, you're right. That's really it, huh? But right now we're on the road, so uh, I just... He, I will say the silver lining to this is uh, he's hitting the ball hard. He is, and yeah. The game on Thursday, obviously, was the YouTube player of the game. Uh, shout out to the YouTube broadcast. Got to watch that on there. Not a sponsor um, on this show, no, by the way. <laughs> no, but this is on YouTube, I think. Oh, so. that's right, yeah. This is so, on see, We love shout YouTube. Shout out YouTube. Yeah. We love YouTube. <laughs> um, but... He's hitting the ball harder. At least he's going to right field with a lot of his a lot of yeah. his at bats. That's usually a good sign. But at some point, it's either you you can't have a guy hitting under like I said earlier under two hundred in your lineup every day. Doesn't matter if he's a third overall pick or a three hundred and thirty third overall pick. Can't have it. So his stonks need to be on the rise soon, or they're gonna have to find somebody else to play second base for a little while. Plus, they're still on the road for the next three. So I, I would think last seven, last eight. I would say up, but yes. last handful, you know, since that Thursday game, probably back down. Exactly. All right. You've brought up some fair points, and I appreciate that. Um, okay. Next up, how are we feeling about Kyle Freeland? Oh, man. Stonks way up for KF. Yeah, and I'm happy with what we saw from him uh, this weekend. Um, I know he's had a couple of tricky starts, but I think he is trending up. How do, how do you guys see it? My analysts. Definitely trending up. Uh, his first couple starts of the year, a little shaky. Then they give him a contract, which is also, you're like, oh, that's kind of surprising considering the start he had. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're paying him for what they expect him to be, not for what he has been recently. And let's just be real about it. I mean, 2018 was a great year for him. Kind of an outlier at this point, but he's a Colorado kid, so he's already 
got his stonks are already up in my book. <laughs> but he he's shown us that he he was a Cy Young candidate. He's shown us that he has it. And I think getting that start in Arizona against another great pitcher in Zach Davies and be able to come back and win the game at the end, even though it wasn't you know his win, I think that's a super solid uh, sign of what's to come for Kyle Freeland. Yeah, he's an interesting one for this game because to the point you made, we've seen the peaks. That's in a lot of ways what you think the extension is about. And so I think it's always going to feel a little down compared to that peak if he doesn't get back to that level. However, last two starts, even the last three, really, I mean, it wasn't a great start when he lost to Philly, but just sort of getting on the seven strikeouts. So he just sort of gets himself on the right path. Last two starts, best two starts of the season. And the six most important innings pitched by any pitcher in this series for the Rockies, right? So, I mean, if he doesn't have his stuff, they don't, they don't get anything. So he's trending in the right direction. And to the point Spencer made earlier in the show, you've gotten enough from the rotation as a whole, I think, but your most talented guys, you're looking to see them head in the right pl- direction. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and listen, Kyle Freeland has been on fire since he told us he was out there grinding for a city. I think he's trending up. We're going to stick with the starting rotation. Herman Marquez, how are his stonks doing? Oh, can I do this? I think his stonks are, are flatlining. You think they're flatlining? I, All right, I, tell us why. I will say his start today was encouraging. But we, it just doesn't feel good because we lost, and he was down four to nothing in the fifth inning. Uh, you know, three earned runs over six innings, not not bad. Um, he made he made a great pickoff move, got a guy out, then made a horrible pickoff move and cost them a run. He's just not where he used to be, and I think I, I think he's good enough to where he can turn it around. I'm not like out on Herman Marquez by any means because if this team wants to have a ceiling of Going to the playoffs, maybe playing in a wild card game. Uh, this division's ridiculous. Of course, it is. You know, you got the Dodgers, Giants, Rockies, D backs, and <clears throat> am I forgetting someone? Padres. Yeah. Uh, all right, over. Did you forget the Padres? I, I did. I forgot <laughs> about them. They're all over 500. So, tough division. We haven't played a ton of division games, but I believe Herman Marquez is he's tri- he's flatlining and hopefully trending upward. I would say he's trending more up than down because of how he started, but a few of these guys they've gotten the upward trend right at this moment that we do this podcast because of their rough start. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, this game is, can sometimes be a perspective semantics type of deal. I'm going to say down, Just it, it's just been such a tough start to the year in general for him. And, you know, you're not – hasn't necessarily looked electric. This, Like we said earlier, the stuff was there today, just not the command. wasn't super sharp, mm-hmm. but the velo was up there. There was the movement on the off-speed. Did he seven strikeouts, was it? Today? Seven strikeouts mm-hmm. today. That's so that's a good sign. So I guess if you zoom in far enough, you can say up. But just as far as like the 22, 2022 season, I would say you're still hoping to see more from him. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll turn my red arrow up. Like I think he's going to figure it out, but I don't think he's figuring it out yet. I yeah. think he's still working on whatever it is he needs to work on. So right now I think he's trending down, but I'm not going to say that I do not have hope for him in the future. Um, We're going to turn to uh, a guy that everyone is calling everyone's favorite Rocky. Connor Joe has just been so much fun to watch this season, at least for me. I think a lot of other people agree, but how are we feeling about the stonks on Connor Joe? I can't say stonks with a straight face. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go up. Uh, I don't. Connor Joe 
I was on the Rockies podcast before last season mm-hmm. and picked Connor Joe as one of my guys before he was even one anyone. of your guys. So he was one of my dudes that okay. I drafted. Did the did the pod with Patrick and drafted Connor Joe. And he just seems to like get a hit in every game. I play beat the streak for MLB and I always pick Connor Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's one of those cases where it's a flip of some of the Rockies. He was so great at the beginning of the season. Now he's kind of tr- coming back down to earth yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. But when you look at his numbers, he's still hitting well over 270. In a leadoff spot, it's a little odd. You know, MLB is moving away from the leadoff guy has to be a burner and this and that. And I think overall for his bat being in the lineup is a great thing for the Rockies. Having a DH is awesome. He can play there. He can play left field. Uh, he can play first base, which he's not going to for a while with how good CJ Crone's been. But having a player that's versatile like that and can hit 280 and can hit leadoff, can hit third, fourth, uh, I think his stonks are always going to be up for me. The stonks are always going to be up. Yeah, I feel, right. I feel the same way. I, he... He's one of my favorites, and it's almost really not relevant how well he's playing. He's just going to get a green arrow for <laughs> yeah. me every time. Connor Joe. Connor Joe. I like that. We support Connor Joe. We're all Joe bros here, you know? Joe bros. Yeah. I'm a Joe bro for sure. Um, let's stick with CJ's. How are y'all feeling about Mr. CJ Crone? Mr. Resting Hit by Pitch Face. <laughs> CJ Crone. Mr. Is he still leading the National League in home runs? I believe he is. Uh, I think he's tied now. Tied. So... Tied for first is still first. CJ Crone stonks up always. Um, really, without his bat in the lineup this year, this uh, the Rockies are not 16 and 12. Yeah. They're probably more like 12 and 16. Mm. Been super solid for them all year. Um, plays a decent first base. Um, you know, Rockies, Rockies defensive first basemen have never been as good as Todd Helton and may never be again, so we can't really hold them to that standard. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what's in our minds as Rockies fans. But... C.J. Crone has been a great middle-of-the-order bat for this team. Leading the league in home runs or tied and driving in a ton of runs, so stonks up for him. Yeah, yeah. tough day today, but you just got to just gotta give it up to him for the start to the season he's had and talk about the Brian injury, which obviously hasn't been the, across the whole season, but how important is it to have a guy over you know overperforming right now uh, in, in particularly the ways that he is, he, he looks like a monster in the middle of the order. Kind of, I'm just afraid for the other shoe to drop. He's been so good, and they've needed every bit of it. I'm kind of afraid mm. of the other shoe dropping, and what what does it look like if he dries up? But for now, it's definitely up. Um, he's fun to watch, especially at Coors. He mashes. Yeah, he does. God, he, he mashes. Hit, he hit a line drive home run the other day that I swear to God didn't get a, more than two feet above the fence the whole time. He's and awesome. He just flies out. Um, yeah, and of course, he's he's our RBI king. That's what I've been calling him on Twitter. He's been so productive, and I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah he started out the Diamondback series RBI and double in the first inning. And then they didn't score from there for a while, but <laughs> he, he still did it. He still did it. All right, speaking of cool, heading back to our pitchers, let's oh. talk about Mr. Chad Cool. My stonks are up on him, too. Have he's to been be, right? so reliable this season. How do you guys... How do you guys see it? A guy that was fighting for a fifth spot in the rotation is now your ERA leader as a starting pitcher and 3-0. Give me that all day, every Mm -hmm. day. His sliders look great. He's been borderline dominant. And as a guy that was not even guaranteed to make the roster when they signed him in spring training, uh, I'm thoroughly impressed with Chad Cool. Excited to watch him pitch all the time, so stonks way up. All right. Yeah, that's got to be the right answer, right? And we, we, we just mentioned it a couple of times. Hasn't been dominant stuff from Freeland, and Marquez still looking for it, but you're getting some unexpected contributions, and Cool is certainly in, in that category. 
And he's the king of puns, too. Just, he's heard them all. And his wife is also very funny on Twitter, so. I'll have to check her out. Yeah, you ha- we retweet her all the time. We're just, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, but yeah, last stocks name cool, are, you got to be good at something. Got to be good at, got to be good at puns. He said he's heard them all. All right, we're going to stick with pitching. We're going to head to the bullpen. How are the stonks on Tyler Kinley? I've just been like, I've only picked guys that I'm up on. But how do you guys feel about Mr. Tyler Kinley, the commander-in-chief? Great guy to have. Stonks for sure up. Great guy to have late in the game. Daniel Bard's been good. Kinley's been good. Uh, ideally, this team right now sets up for a great, you know, if you get your seven from your starter, you go to Kinley, you go to Bard, you're, you should win that game more often than not. So, stonks up, Kinley. Yeah, he's been great. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to talk about some old friends in the Stonk Report? Uh, only if we get to have fun with it. Only if you say the one name I want you to say so we can hold up a certain sign so we can feel a little bit better about ourselves. Um, uh, I'm trying to figure out the one that you want me to say. Is it Trevor's story? Yeah. It is. My stonks are down on him. <laughs> um, and I'm not the only one. And I think Red Sox fans agree with us right now. How the are entire you guys city of Boston. <laughs> yeah. Stonks down. Because he got booed pretty bad. Um, yeah. Tell us your thoughts on our our collective ex, Trevor's story. Um, I already forgot his name. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. No, I'm just kidding. But he, you know, he wasn't going to re-sign here. We all knew it. Same story that we've told two years in a row now. Um, he's hitting 194 this year. He's a hun- That's the 142nd best in the majors. No homers. Um, he's more than 150th in OPS at 545. I, I don't necessarily feel bad for him. I'm not that kind of guy. But I also don't, like, I'm not going to, like, just sit here and bash him. He's he's been bad. It's straight up what it is. I mean, he wasn't great last year for the Rockies starting out. He's always kind of struggled maybe to start the little season a little bit, but getting booed in Boston, like that's a city you don't get away with that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's going to learn that quickly. Like being in Denver, you're like, "Oh, you're a Rocky. He's Trevor Story's the face of the franchise." I'm talking last season. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved him no matter what. He could do no wrong. Boston right. doesn't treat your play- their players that way got to perform i mean you guys have a better sense of this than i how do you think the average is the average rocky fan rooting for trevor story on an individual level right now i i that'd be a great like poll right because i feel like most i'm a diehard rockies fan i don't if you play for the rockies i like you most of the time i will talk you know what about you occasionally because that's how i am um but i think a lot of rockies fans are very like player pro fan you know like I think a lot of lot Rockies fans still love Nolan and cheer for Nolan. I don't care. Like he's a Cardinal mm-hmm. now. That it's over. He doesn't wear purple anymore. Mm. I'm not gonna necessarily like badmouth him, but I'm also not like I'm out on him. There's only one player that I if he ever leaves my team I will cheer for till the end of the earth, and that's Nicole Jokic. Oh, and okay. every other every other team you cycle through, you're on my team, I like you. You're not on my team. I, I couldn't care less. Is there a line on that, by the way? If he was like a Laker, would you, Jokic? I know it's a Rocky spot. 100%. Yeah. And you still would? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Could, That's can't, I can't. My wow. love for him is undoubted. Yeah, I just think it would be really sad if uh, both he and Nolan were raking right now. <laughs> so, yeah. A little bit of relief <laughs> that he's struggling, I think, at least for now. Well, the Rockies are off to a decent 16 and 12 start. I fun. like that word, relief. I was like, what is the word that I'm thinking? I'm a little relieved that they're not crushing it right now. Um, and it's interesting to see Trevor Story in of this very aggressive Boston market. 
a Boston Market, like the chicken place. Oh, is it? Um, are those still open? Uh, are they? I don't know. Have you ever been in a Boston Market? I've not. They have to still be open. Allie says there's one that might be in Park Meadows. Uh, when I was at a TV station, that's what they got us for like every holiday was Boston Market. Really? That feels like a place to me that's always empty, but somehow always stays open. You just don't know what's going on behind the scenes. There. I think TV stations trying to feed people working overtime on holidays are what is keeping Boston Market in business. There you go. They're a no holiday No slander. Company. I'm just saying like, <laughs> I don't know who else goes there on a regular basis outside of like TV stations. Um, but yeah. Kind of interesting to see him navigating getting booed and not wanting to talk to press afterwards. And I feel like I'm wondering if he misses what he had in Denver. Don't know what you got till it's gone. Mm-hmm. But probably, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> no, <laughs> probably not. Probably not. You but probably just wishes he was hitting the for, ball. <laughs> for now, we could say that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now I can say, it. guys, this has been such a fun, fun time. Um, happy you guys are all. You guys have all joined with me. On this DNVR Rockies podcast. DNVR Rockies pod. The DNVR Rockies. Stonks are up. Stonks are up the on the DNVR Rockies are up. Rockies I already, pod. my signs are too far away, but you know how I feel about it. I don't need to. Stonks are up. Uh, I guess in general, how are your stonks on the Rockies as a whole? Where are they trending for you right now? Um, oh, right. Right uh, this second. Right this right second. Right this second, I'm going to say down. Yeah, we have to say that. Ooh. But, but like, okay, six, 16 and 12 start? Yeah, 16 and 12. You told me we'll they, take it. they're we'll take four it. games over 500 at thir- the basically month a month of games played. Mm-hmm. Absolute stonks up. And we got to remember, everyone in this division is above 500, which uh-huh. is pretty shocking. Super cool. I'm pretty surprised. It is pretty cool to see. We're having a fun season. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys, everyone, for joining us on the DNVR Rockies podcast. Uh, you can find me on social media. I am at the Susie Hunter. Find me at Big Drive Spence. You can find me at Brendan Vote. Uh, it's so cool you That's got your own name. name, though. Spell that with a V, for those of you wondering at home. V-O-G-T. Yes, thank you for spelling yeah. it for everyone. Um, Patrick has a good sign-off, but you know what they say about sign-offs. I don't have one. Have nice. a great day. That was we good. That will was good. So- we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. <laughs>